1: Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, and we are so happy to have you here for us on a podcast as we are talking here towards the middle of May. It is the off-season. The Buffalo Bills virtual off-season began in earnest on Monday, and, uh, and there is plenty of, that we can discuss regarding the team's off season and uh, and moving forward with again this virtual off season program. But um, my colleague Jamie D'Amico and I had a really cool idea. We thought it'd be fun to go through with the next two podcasts, starting this week on Believe, and continuing next week. We are going to examine the highs and the lows of the playoff drought. The Buffalo Bills set a modern North American professional sports record with 17 straight seasons of missing the playoffs. Mercifully that streak ended in 2017 uh, when the Bills at 9 and 7 earned a wild card berth before losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now the Bills have earned two playoff appearances in 3 years. We thought it was appropriate to go back and pull off the band-aid and examine the hot bloody mess that was the buffalo bills during their drought. And Jamie, I'm going to welcome you onto the podcast right now because you really were the driving force in getting the thoughts started about this podcast regarding the drought. So, kudos to you for having your creative thinking cap on. I think this is going to be a really fun podcast. More so this week. Next week's going to be really painful, I feel like with the, with the worst of during the drought.
2: <laughs> and you know, this this is going to add an element of of competition between us because we're going to do this draft style where John and I are going to select players and form our drought era teams that will then clash against each other in our own minds. And (laughs) I've, I've given this some thought over the course of the week, and this is going to be fun, man. I've been looking forward to this.
1: Oh, me too. For sure. This is going to be a really, I hope we get a lot of feedback. I really want to hear from our fans you know, who you think would win these mythical matchups of best of drought teams. And again, these are the best of the Buffalo Bills players from the years 2000 to 2017. Uh, Some of the ground rules we're going to operate with to begin with, the players that we are choosing from all played during the drought. Some of them might have had a year or two with the last playoff team in 1999 or 1998, but these, for the most part, are players who had the majority of their career during the drought. Now, some one-hit wonders can definitely be included on here. Um, you know, it, But as long as the crux of uh, for the Buffalo Bills experience, those players had their playing time during the drought, they are in the conversation. Uh, one notable example is Steve Christie, uh, who will not be included amongst our place kickers. Uh, you identify him with, as Jamie so eloquently put it, The 90s teams, the playoffs teams, he is not someone who is being considered uh, for this all-drought team because most of his success came, again, during those mid-90s Super Bowl runs. So uh, with that being said, um, again, players who predominantly had their careers with Buffalo during the drought, um, we want to go through – and again, we'll go position by position starting on offense – And then going through the defense, we are operating out of a base 4-3 defense with four defensive linemen and three linebackers. Uh, We'll have, again, four defensive linemen, uh, two interior, two exterior, and three linebackers, two cornerbacks, and two safeties making up the offensive side of things. Even though the Bills did have a 3-4 during several of those years, the 4-3 was the predominant scheme run in Buffalo. So we'll operate with a 4-3 defense.
2: Now, over on the offensive side, we're going to set this up where we've got a quarterback, two running backs, a tight end, and two wide receivers. Now, for the offensive line, we are splitting them out between left side and right side. So we're not just going to draft the two best tackles that we can think of. We're going to draft specifically for the left tackle and specifically for the right tackle. And what we're doing is we're also making sure that we pick the player that we most identify with a specific position. So there may be players that played both safety and cornerback. Well, we are going to select the player that is identified with playing one position more than another. So, John, you think
1: we're ready to get rolling here? Let's rock and roll. We are looking forward to this again. Get involved with our podcast and give us your thoughts once our teams have been released. During a uh, pre-show taping, Jamie D'Amico won the mythical coin toss for this team. So he gets the very first selection. And again, we are going to work our way through Starting with quarterback and going on through the offense, and then starting with the defensive linemen, working our way out towards the corners, safeties, and returners. Jamie, first pick quarterback. Who's your pick?
2: Drew Bledsoe, because that guy in his first season with Buffalo, man, did he light it up! And he made he made stars out of Eric Molds and Peerless Price, with both of those guys putting up well over a thousand yards. Uh, Molds getting to a uh, hundred catches for the first time is in his career. And even peerless price got himself 75 catches in a very wealthy contract the following
1: season. All right. Drew Bledsoe is off the boards. He was going to be my uh, vote as well for our drought quarterback, but you earn the right. So you get to pick him first. And I am going to go with, but for me, it came down to Ryan Fitzpatrick and to Rod Taylor. I'm going Fitzy. I'm going the Amish right yeah. all the way I know that Fitzpatrick cost the Bills a bunch of games with some of his reckless throws, but he also had very little talent around him outside of a couple of, you know, decent skill players at the wide receiver and uh, running back spots. And I think Fitzy, what he was able to do, he put forward three straight 3,000 yard seasons starting in 2010. Uh, 2011 was probably his best season statistically, uh, definitely passing wise. Uh, He had almost 3,800 passing yards and 24 touchdowns. 2012, he followed that up with another 24-touchdown season, uh, completed over 60% of his passes the last two years in Buffalo. And you have to give a lot of credit for a guy who was a seventh-round draft pick out of Harvard with very little expectations. And everywhere he's gone, he has taken teams on their backs and managed to exceed expectations. To me, he is the prototypical drought quarterback for Buffalo, good enough to keep the team in a lot of games, not good enough to win a majority of those games, but a fan favorite. So I'm taking Ryan Fitzpatrick as my quarterback.
2: And nobody could give you emotional swings quite like that guy, huh?
1: Oh my gosh. You know, I'll give you <laughs> one quick little anecdote. It was um, the bills were playing Matt Hasselbeck and the Tennessee Titans. It was a rainy late October, early November game and, and the bills were terrible and, but they were in a really big shootout with the Titans and it was Matt Hasselback and Ryan Fitzpatrick back and forth, back and forth. The Bills had a late lead, uh, and then Fitzy threw a pick that led to getting a short field. The Titans went downfield and scored a touchdown, and they ended up losing the game by one point. But I think Fitzie had four touchdown passes that day and three interceptions. If that's not the most Fitzy-esque passing line, I don't know what yep. it is. <laughs> so my team's going to well, have a lot of turnovers were- and a lot of touchdowns.
2: Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, Okay, you're up for the first pick of the running backs.
1: Boy, I will say the running back position, there's been a lot of talent that has come through this organization during the drought. My first running back I am going to take for the all drought team is going to be another fan favorite. I'm going Freddie Jackson. I'm taking him as my pick for the running back position. I love the versatility. I love the fact that he was a a great catcher out of the backfield, uh, a pretty solid run. He only had a one 1,000-yard 1, season as a running back, but he also was splitting time with C.J. Spiller and Marshawn Lynch. And again, I, my team is going to be somebody you're going to root for because they're underdogs, they're scrappy players. I'm taking Freddie Jackson.
2: You know, Fred Jackson, I often have maintained that if he played behind an offensive line that had any semblance of competence, he would have been a 2,000-yard rusher. He was just, he had the best instincts out there and he would have been my number one pick at a running back too. But since it's my selection now, I'm going to go with Travis Henry, which upon doing research for this, he was the most productive of all Bill's running backs during the drought. Now there's a lot to dislike about Travis Henry, but in 2002, he put up over 1,400 yards and had 14 touchdowns. And in 2003, 11 touchdowns to go with
1: over 1,300 yards. That's my selection. Back to you. Well, you know, my my second running back position, this was a really tough decision for me because there's two candidates that I have in mind. Uh, but the guy I'm going to go with burst onto the scene for the Bills back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. I'm taking Willis McGahee as my second running back. Um, I want someone who's a bruiser who can complement what Freddie Jackson can do out of the backfield. Uh, Willis wasn't the best of receiving. I mean, he's, no, he's not a stone hands out of the backfield. He could average, you know, 20 to 30 receptions mm-hmm. a year. But I just love the hard-hitting uh, running style of Willis McGahee. I'm going McGahee uh, for my running back. He almost had three straight 1,000-yard seasons. He had 11.28, 12.47, and then 9.90 his final season. He was tough as nails. He played in a lot of – Again, bad uh, t- a lot of bad offensive line play when McGahee was with Buffalo. So Willis McGahey is my running back number two. How about you?
2: Man, that's that's a good pick. He had a devastating stiff arm. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who really made a name for himself after he left Buffalo, and that would be Marshawn Lynch. He also had consecutive thousand yard seasons, but he didn't become the folk hero. Marshawn Lynch slash Beast Mode until he got to Seattle, but
1: that's who I'm going to go with as my RB two. And now, Jamie, you have the honors of taking the first wide receiver on our draft squad. So, who is who's going to be your main target for Drew Bledsoe?
2: That's going to be Eric Moulds, who during the drought he had three 1,000 yard seasons, including, as I mentioned, in uh, 2002, 100 catches, 10 TDs. The guy went to two Pro Bowls. That's the guy for me.
1: There's no argument here with me, Jamie. I think Eric molds is one of the most criminally underrated uh, wide receiver threats uh, that Buffalo has had. Uh, such a talented weapon out there. Uh, i'm 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 not surprised at all. you took Eric molds off the board for my uh, two picks uh, with the wide receiver position. this is really tough because I have three guys graded all around the same when it comes to the wide receiver position. But, you know, I feel like I am going to go with my first pick being Lee Evans. I think Evans gives you the deep threat element that we're looking for. You know, uh, averaged more than 18 yards a catch several times in his season Uh, was a great deep threat for JP Lossman. I think that Fitzy will have a great time lobbing bombs to Evans downfield. And then my second wide receiver, I'm going to leave you somebody really quality on the tree out there, Jamie. I'm taking Stevie Johnson. I just – again, you've heard my theme of this team. My team is going to be gritty and gutty and overachievers, and nothing says more about the Bills during the playoff drought era than the fact that another seventh-round pick, Stevie Johnson, could be the one guy that constantly beats Revis Island – out there for the Bills. His route running was impeccable. Uh he had great hands out there. I know he did have that drop against the Steelers when the Bills should have won that game. Oh man. At New Era Field, why you got to do me like that, God? That was one of the most painful memories for me as a Bills fan, but I just loved everything about Stevie Johnson. 3 straight 1000-yard seasons. No one had ever done that in franchise history. I'm taking Stevie Johnson and Lee Evans. Who's your running or who's your wide receiver number 2?
2: Statistically speaking, I should be selecting Peerless Price. Now, I think Peerless was not actually that gifted of a receiver, but Drew Bledsoe and Eric Moulds made him look good. But I want to go with the fanfare, the excitement, the get your popcorn ready phrasing that came along with Terrell Owens. I'm taking him as my number two.
1: And you're gonna get that reality TV audience out there as well from his one year in Buffalo. I like it.
2: Yeah, who who would you have had me select there?
1: It's hard to not go with Peerless Price. Um, I know that it is his. It's hard though because Peerless Price to me also represents a lot of my disappointment with Buffalo because he was so great for the three seasons. Um, you know, starting in, especially with 2002 when he had uh, 1250 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. But then he came back to Buffalo, and I thought he was going to be just as good of a receiver after his career in Atlanta, and he was very disappointing afterwards. So I kind of – Well, he
2: wasn't even very good in Atlanta. You know, he he put it together one season in Buffalo, made a lot of money and. Uh. <laughs>
1: yeah, he kind of cashed in his chips, if you will. So he uh he gets left off the uh, all drought team, along with LaShawn McCoy from the running back room. There's a couple of guys out there that are some good free agents from this drought era. Now we've got our running backs and our wide receivers. And Jamie, you get the first pick for tight end. Another less than glorious position of talent during the drought. Who is your all drought tight end?
2: Yeah, um, I, I guess I have to go with Scott Chandler here. Uh, there's there's nothing that's gonna make a real difference on any roster, but that's the one I'm going to select.
1: I'm actually surprised, Jamie, because I mean Scott Chandler. Yeah, very underrated. Uh, he's somebody who I really feel like when he was with Buffalo, you know, he would always get you 50 or 60 catches. Um, was very durable, but you you kind of expected more out of him. You always thought he was going to put up a better season. Than he really did for me. Scott Chandler. Great pick. I'm not going with Charles Clay, even though he's had a couple of good statistical seasons for the bills. I am not touching Charles Clay. I'm taking Jay Remersma as my tight end
2: for the Buffalo. That was my second choice.
1: I mean, Remersma to me, his numbers are not eye popping, but he averaged between 25 and 50 catches uh, for his five seasons. He was good after the catch. had a bunch of nice touchdowns in the red zone. So for me, Jay Reimersma is the best of a very bad lot when it comes to the tight end position. So you take Scott Chandler. I'm taking Jay Reimersma. We're leaving Charles Clay on the cutting board out there. And now, Jamie, this leads us to the offensive line, which, boy, is going to have some good players and some pretty cruddy ones as well. And uh, I, with my left tackle position... Really, there's only one name to consider, and it's right. Painful. It's really painful because he achieved such great heights after leaving Buffalo. Uh, he had a contract dispute with the Bills. I'm going with Jason Peters as the former tight end project converted to Pro Bowl left tackle. He had Pro Bowls appearances in 2007 and 2008. Incredibly durable and reliable on the offensive line. An explosive blocker. Uh, great at keeping the quarterback clean, keeping his jersey clean. I'm going Jason Peters. Who is your left tackle?
2: That That's the only pick you can go with here. Uh, of the drought era, he's probably going to be one of two or three Hall of Famers that have passed through Buffalo. Maybe three or four, we could say. Uh, my pick for left tackle... Recency bias was pushing me toward Cordy Glenn, but I needed to back it up a little bit and go with Jonas Jennings. Jonas Jennings. That's a
1: blast from the past out there.
2: Yeah, he played for the Bills between uh, 2001 and 2004, and he was a really solid left tackle. In fact, two of those seasons, he allowed two or fewer sacks. The guy was an excellent player, but he had a hard time staying healthy, so he eventually was let go.
1: All right. Well, you've got Jonas Jennings as your left tackle. Who is your left guard?
2: My left guard? Well, this is is a pick that I'm a little bit going back and forth on because this guy, he made eight consecutive Pro Bowls, but I never thought he was that great. Nonetheless, I'm selecting Ruben Brown.
1: Listen, that's Ruben Brown in a nutshell, nondescript, you know, lunch bucket kind of guy. He made second team all pro twice, incredibly reliable on the offensive line. He did make eight straight pro bowls. No fault in you, Jamie, for taking Ruben Brown. I am going to go. There's two options for me that I could take in my left guard position, and I've been torn on this too. But for me, when it comes to who I want to have at left guard, I'm taking Andy Levitre Um, as much as Richie Incognito and his three straight pro bowls. Uh, Could have been worthy of this pick. I'm taking Levitre. I feel like he was incredibly reliable on the offensive line. 64 straight starts over four seasons. Incredibly efficient run blocker. Decent in the pass blocking as well. He's flexible. He could play center or left tackle. I'm taking Andy Levitre as my left guard. Excellent selection. Hard to argue with that one. So now this brings us. Yeah, the luck of the draw, Jamie. I'm sorry, buddy. You kind of get the clamps when it comes to the center position because I get the First pick at the position, and for me, this is one of the few no-brainers. I'm taking Eric Wood all day long as my center selection. Uh, emotional team leader, again, durable, reliable. You know, held together some patchwork offensive lines over his nine-year career. I'm taking Eric Wood. This is
2: where it starts getting really bad for the Buffalo Bills. If, if you're wondering why the Bills didn't make the playoffs for so long. <laughs> The second half of the offensive line draft is I- exactly the reason. Would you agree with that outside of quarterback play?
1: I almost want to say that if there's any children listening, now would be the time to turn them away because it's going to get ugly. So I
2: went through the rosters and it, it was almost like, who who the hell follows Eric Wood in this. And I guess the only one I came up with was Trey Teague. I mean, there were other guys who played the position for a couple of years. You had Jerry Ostrowski, you had Melvin Fowler, um, Jeff Hangartner. Uh, but, you know, Trigue put together three unspectacular seasons and didn't miss many games.
1: Well, Jamie, your reward for having subpar center play is now you get to have the first pick at the right guard position, which leaves me oh, like whoopee. in one spot. <laughs> yeah, your, your right guard is, is basically being like, you know, who's worse, a pile of shit or a, a turd sandwich, basically. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't get any better with uh, right tackle. But th- this is this is pure ugliness. Um, I think I'm just going to take Craig Urbic, who is with the team between 2011 and 2013.
1: Yeah, that's honestly, if you had a gun to my head and I had to pick a right guard, I would probably have taken Urbic as well. However, I don't have that luxury. So I'm going to go with my pick and I'm going to take Chris Valerio, who who has another Chicago connection along with Ruben Brown. Uh, He only had three years with the Bills, started 39 games, uh, was a decent option at right guard. He stands out to me much more than somebody like a John Miller, who had one good uh, one good season basically in sixteen, and then just failed miserably, allowing anybody. No one on my team is going to get benched for Vlad Decos. We're putting it that way.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, Valerio was good, and I remember being excited when the Bills signed him. But you know, the issue that he tended to have was staying on the field. So, you know, thirty nine games in what was it? Three years? Four years?
1: Yeah, he had a three year career with the Bills.
2: Okay. I guess that's not bad then. That averages 13 games a season. So, you know, maybe I should have selected him.
1: Well, again, there's no good options. I mean, Valerial and Craig Urbic, the best of a very poor lot. And, and speaking of poor lots, our right tackles are exactly that, a very poor situation. To me, it's not like I have to pay money for the guy. So I'm going to go with Langston Walker as my right tackle. Him and Derek Dockery uh, were both massive disappointments after being free agent signings in 2007. Uh, He did at least start every game for two seasons and was pretty good at not allowing uh, the quarterback to get sacked. So yeah, there you go. Langston Walker is my horrible right tackle. How about you?
2: All right. I'm going to go with a guy who is uh, physically gifted in a complete head case, uh, that being
1: Chantrell Henderson. Chantrell Henderson wraps up our offensive line spots for both of our teams.
0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Now, Jamie, on the defensive side of things, again, it's a 4-3 defense. So let's start on the inside. And let's start with the defensive ends. Um, or sorry, defensive tackles rather, who is your, are you going with a nose tackle or a defensive tackle first?
2: Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to go with a guy who played both positions, but leaning more toward the nose tackle side. I am, I'm going to take Pat Williams.
1: Good, good pick out there. Good pick.
2: You know, he was he was an far. excellent player. He started uh as a backup on the Bills and he was so good that at times they were switching from a 3-4 to a 4-3 defense uh because they just couldn't keep the guy off the field and when they had him on uh on the field with a uh, there's a couple of different guys that we may hear um they were just one of the best defensive tackle tandems in the NFL. I loved the guy, and I hated seeing him leaving for uh, for Minnesota. I'm still cursing uh, Tom Donahoe for that one for letting Pat Williams go. Great player,
1: absolutely phenomenal fit out there. I think he's a great uh, addition to your defense, and he would have been my first pick as well on the defense defensive side of things. For me, Jamie, I'm going to go and keeping this with the defensive tackle positions. I get two. My first one was a no brainer: Kyle Williams. Gladly welcome to the squad, one of the greatest players in Bill's history, the ambassador for the team. Love his work ethic. Love what he did for this team with his leadership. Uh, He got after the quarterback. He was very solid uh, in his run game as well, uh, run stuffing game. So I'm taking Kyle Williams as my one defensive tackle. You
2: are forming one hell of a likable team over there.
1: (laughs) Man, I tell you, our team's jersey sales are going to be through the roof. (laughs) <laughs> and the
2: funny thing is a lot of these guys all played on the same team.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's part of what I was thinking about when, you know, with the exception of like, you know, Chris Valerio, I've seen almost all of these guys play for the bulk of, of their careers out there. And so that's why I take Kyle Williams as my one defensive tackle. And then, you know what, my other defensive tackle uh, interior position, I'm going with Sam Adams because I just love, Thinking about that interception return in the thirty-one to nothing win over Tom Brady and the Patriots to open the two thousand and three season. So for me, Sam Adams joins Kyle Williams at defensive tackle.
2: Who's your second? That pick? was. That was going to be my selection. He was so good. He had such a quick first step. Like, you know, it it was so common for him to be moving and nobody else on the line had gotten off the ball yet. Now, I'm not sure if my next selection necessarily qualifies because he played for so long in the 90s, but he did play for a few years into the 2000s, into the drought. Um, So I hope I'm not breaking the rules here by drafting the massive six five two hundred sixty five pound Ted Washington, with whom Pat Williams played alongside and formed that 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 absolutely monstrous tandem in the center of the line.
1: I, I, I'm afraid for how Freddie and how Willis McGahee are gonna fare trying to break down your your defensive line because Ted Washington is a mammoth 375 pound human being. So I think that's a great selection for you out there. And yes, he did play starting in 95, but he does get uh, a season and a half in the drought era here. So I'll, I'll, I will allow it, Jamie, you can have Ted Washington.
2: Okay. Thank you. Because he did make a pro bowl in the drought. Yes, that
1: is true. His last season with Buffalo, I believe was his, his pro bowl season. Now, who are your defensive ends? Give me the, the first of your two.
2: All right. Very first is going to be Jerry Hughes. Jerry, the race car driver, has been doing it ever since that trade over from the Colts. He's been consistent. He's um, very reliable against the run. He also has the ability to drop into pass coverage. And every once in a while, you'll see him running down the sideline with a running back stride for stride. He may have slowed down a little bit over the past couple of years. But you know what? The Bills have made the playoffs two of the last three years. So I'm going with Jerry Hughes, who consistently has put up. Big sack numbers.
1: Nice. That's probably the most talented edge rusher the Bills have had during the drought year. and not surprised at all that he was the first pick of our defensive ends. Good job for you, Jamie. For me, my defensive ends are going to start off with, it's really hard because the guys I'm going to pick, I don't think are the most talented um, of defensive ends, but they will outwork every single team and every single player they come against. I'm going Aaron Schobel and Chris Kelsey as my two defensive ends. What? Chris Kelsey. (laughs) Yep, I'm going. (laughs) You kidding me? I'm taking Chris freaking Kelsey, man. You know, listen, again, our team is going to get pass rush pressure uh, from our linebackers potentially or our corners as well. But Schobel can get after the quarterback. He averaged more than 10 sacks for the first couple of his seasons uh, with Buffalo in 06 and 07. He made the Pro Bowl and was definitely a very valuable member of those defenses. And Chris Kelsey to me is just somebody who. Look, we don't need him to get a lot of sacks and get after the quarterback, but he's pretty solid. He was a pretty solid acquisition for for the Bills as a second round draft pick, and I'm going to leave the other edge rusher to you, Jamie. You can terrorize me with the guy you're going to take here.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer for this guy to be coming off the board as the fourth defensive end is kind of shocking to me uh, because Chris Kelsey was not in my top four. Um, I as my number four, I had Marcellus Wiley, uh, who had put up 10 sacks, but I cannot pass on a guy that was a first team all pro that made two Pro Bowls and had 43 sacks in four years. That's Mario Williams, as much of an asshole as the guy turned out to be, and how he literally in his final season just stood around on the field and did nothing except collect a paycheck. I still have to go with the production from his first three years under that, uh, Jim Schwartz cold front defense.
1: I get you, Damian, And honestly, the reasons you mentioned are the big reasons why I left Mario on the bench. I don't like his, his attitude. I'm still kind of bitter for the fact that he took the money and ran the last two years in Buffalo, but you know, there's no doubt his talent when he was healthy and he had three and a half sacks in a game, phenomenal talent, but you can have him on your team and my offensive line will have to contend with having, uh, mario williams as another edge rusher for your defense so he's a good selection who is going to be the first of your three linebackers
2: okay so i split this out into middle linebackers versus outside linebackers um so which do you want to select first
1: i actually did not divvy them up as well as that i just have a list of my top six linebackers i would go from so Choose it any way you see fit.
2: Okay. Okay. My first selection at linebacker is going to be London Fletcher, who in his 6 years with the Bills put up 730 tackles and 5 interceptions. Not only that, but I loved the way he was a lead blocker on kick returns. He the guy was a he was a leader, he was the heart and soul of that team and I love having him around hopefully to offset the shenanigans that are going to be coming from Mario Williams.
1: <laughs> yes, a good team leader. London Fletcher by far is the best linebacker I feel that has played with Buffalo during the drought. The second best linebacker I'm taking Ta'keo Spikes. I love me some Ta'keo Spikes. I think he's an outstanding addition to this defense. Um, He earned a couple of Pro Bowls and All-Pro Honors. He was great hands for a linebacker, good interceptions. He had two pick sixes in his career. Uh, In 2004, he had two pick sixes. In 2005, he battled through some injuries. But uh, really, you know, Takeo Spikes to me is just he epitomizes the what could have been of some of those great Bills defenses from the drought where he put out such great production and then he battled through his injuries. But again, when healthy... There's no arguing how great Spikes was as a linebacker.
2: He he was unbelievable. I mean, all pro, pro bowls. That guy had five interceptions in a season. That's more than most defensive backs get. He, he was just, he was an animal.
1: He absolutely was. That 2004 season, again, the year that the Bills probably should have ended the playoff drought by beating the second string Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Uh, he had two pick sixes that year, five interceptions, First-team All-Pro honors, three sacks, four forced fumbles. The dude was just a monster on the field. Now, my second of linebacker picks is a little bit more complicated because the talent starts to get a little thinner after London Fletcher and Takeo Spikes. But I'm going to go with somebody who is much maligned by Bills fans, but I still feel was a very solid linebacker, Paul Pazlezny. He's my selection to be my second linebacker on my 4-3 scheme. I feel like, you know, his run blocking his, I'm sorry, his run stuffing abilities, very underrated. He was an underrated defender down the field who could hold his own with opposing tight ends and with backs out of the backfield. Uh, he was the backbone anchor of this defense for a while. He was a leading tackler for a couple years. I'm saying Paul Pazlozny is my number two linebacker who is going to be joining London Fletcher as your number two.
2: Well, this is a guy who was drafted in the second round by the Bills in uh, 1998, and had it not been for an injury, he probably would have gone down as one of the best linebackers in Buffalo Bills history, I'm convinced, and that is Sam Cowart. He actually oh, good good pick. Thank you. He actually made the uh the Pro Bowl one season playing only in 12 games cuz in those 12 games he had uh, 130 tackles. Now, when he was a rookie, the Bills were playing a 4-3 front and they had their starters. They actually switched to a 3-4 so they could get him on the field more regularly. He's that good. And you know, he went to the Jets and wasn't much after that, but for a couple of seasons there, that guy was outstanding.
1: Excellent selection. Sam Cowart was going to be my pick if he was still on the board. He is not. You chose wisely. So my third linebacker, is it, it's my turn, right? Or do you have one more? No, it's your turn. Yeah, that's right, because we have to round out the three linebackers. Uh, my linebacker, number three. Again, this is not a guy who I could have gone Preston Brown. I feel Preston Brown, though, was more of a stat accumulator by getting tackles downfield versus being a good contributing linebacker. So my pick is going to be Nick Barnett as my third linebacker, someone who can, yeah, underrated. Think about Nick Barnett, man. You know, he came over from Green Bay. They unceremoniously cut him and Barnett came in and was a great playmaker. He had a couple of interceptions his first season, one for a pick six, good sack totals, 130 combined tackles. Uh, He followed it up with 112 tackles three force fumbles, and two sacks in 2012. He only played for the Bills for three seasons, but for me, Nick Barnett is my third linebacker.
2: He was going to be my second pick if you had taken Sam Cowart. Um, I think he's one of the most underrated players of this era. He came in and brought a, a credibility to the defense that they were sorely lacking. He walked in during training camp, and he started making plays right away. Uh, th- that you couldn't have selected better there. So I think what I'm going to go with my final selection here at linebacker, I'm going to take Nigel Bradham. Now he really made it more of a name for himself in Philadelphia, but the athleticism, the hitting ability, I really liked watching him play. So I want him on my team.
1: I like it. He's a fun player. Good, uh, good hustle always seemed to be right where the ball was going to be very good nose for for the field and instincts out there. So I don't blame you at all for taking Nigel Bradham as your third linebacker. Now let's go to the secondary. Who is the first of your two cornerbacks?
2: Well, I got to tell you, this is the one place where, as Bills fans, our cup runneth over. The Bills have placed, well, they've used a lot of draft capital, and you could go... You could go seven deep, eight deep by listing out players who were actually good corners for the Buffalo Bills here. Uh, but the one I'm going to select here is going to be the one that pisses you off the most.
1: Oh, you're doing it, aren't you?
2: Oh, yeah. He's the best of the lot. What am I going to do? It's Stefan Gilmore.
1: Okay. No, I can I can understand that. I I hate Gilmore because of the fact that he plays for the Patriots, but you can't deny the fact that he was a great He was a great but underachieving cornerback with Buffalo, but I can totally get why you would take him as your first cornerback, which I'm glad you did because you leave me Antoine Winfield. I will gladly welcome the former All-American at Ohio State to the Buffalo Bills, mythical all-drought draft dream team here for John Boccasino's squad. Unbelievable run defender, very underrated at picking off passes, uh breaking up passes, a great tackler downfield. I'm taking Antoine Winfield.
2: Great tackle. Oh my God.
1: You this this dude would make plays on bigger receivers or tight ends when you're like they're gonna squirt free. Oh no, Winfield's there to shut it down. So for me, I love having Antoine Winfield as one of my corners. And my second cornerback position, again, there's a lot of options I could have gone with this one. Nate Clements. He is the second cornerback that I'm going to take from my roster out here. Nate Clements will get me the interceptions that I need. A solid uh, guy at breaking up passes. I believe he ranks seventh in interceptions in Bill's history, second in pass breakups, and fifth in forced fumbles. Five pick sixes, so he really has a way to take those interceptions and bring them to the house. I'm taking Nate Clements as my CB2. Who's your second cornerback?
2: Well, Nate Clements, not to mention, there's that video out there of him absolutely blowing up Tom Brady. You know the one I'm talking about.
1: That is probably the video highlight of the playoff drought, you know, just seeing Brady get the snot knocked out of him by this awesome hit that, uh, Clements levels on him. Great. That's an added bonus right there. Thanks for reminding us about that one. Yeah, you got <laughs> it.
2: Also, I think Antoine Winfield is one of my all time favorite bills players. So I was hoping you were going to leave him on the board. You didn't. So I'm going to go with another one of my favorites here. This was, this is a difficult selection. There are so many good corners who played for the Bills. So let me just give an honorable mention to Jabari Greer, who was an outstanding corner. Um, Leotis McKelvin learned how to play after his first few years and became a a really good corner. Um, I am going to select Terrence McGee. Now, that guy, he had a long career with the Bills. He played in Buffalo for nine years and uh, one season, he actually led the league in passes defensed, which is fantastic. Now, they're probably throwing at him because they didn't want to throw at Nate Clements over on the other side. But, you know, he was one of those do-it-all kind of players. And I I just really loved him. Thought he was really an underrated player.
1: Outstanding selection, Terrence McGee. Very, very uh, typical of what Buffalo had with its talent during the drought. Don't blame me at all for taking him as your CB2. A great Great pick for yourself there. Now let's go to the safeties. Again, we're going with two safeties here. So do you want to go strong safety or free safety? Oh, boy. I, I don't know
2: if I uh, necessarily split it out that way, but okay. um, let's
1: go with the free safety. Well, you get the first pick in the free safety. So who is your free safety pick? I'm
2: going to go with Jairus Bird. Oh, because, man.
1: Yep. Well,
2: I mean, back-to-back Pro Bowls, And the guy was an interception machine. Um, I, you know, he was a player that Buffalo selected in the 2009 draft. And I thought, oh man, they took this, uh, this cornerback that is really low rated. And you know, what's he going to do? Oh yeah, this is what's going to happen. They're going to move him to safety and he's going to get nine interceptions to lead the NFL. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Three Pro Bowls. Just
1: a great player. Can't argue with that at all. He was going to be my first uh, selection at the free safety spot. But of course, you know, great minds think alike. So good job picking him. I'm going to go with Troy Vincent. I know uh, he did not have a, a lot of seasons with the Buffalo Bills. I believe he played with three, uh, only 24 seasons total, five interceptions he did have during those 24 games. And I feel like to me, when he was on the field and healthy, he was a fantastic, fantastic free safety. And uh, will really make our defense solid in the back of the field on our coverage abilities. I could have taken the guy you're probably going to take as your second free, second safety, but that's who I'm taking with my safety. And then my other safety for the strong safety position, you know who I'm not taking. So he's out there for the taking for you. You can have him with whatever pick you need to. I'm keeping it consistent with lawyer Malloy. I loved what lawyer Malloy brought to the Buffalo bills over his three seasons, a tackling machine, Uh, He was great in coverage, great in pass breakups. The Bills could bring him on the blitzing schemes, and he would get after the quarterback. He had seven sacks during his time with the Bills. So for me, Lawyer Malloy is my other safety.
2: Okay, well, that actually leaves some good players on the board for me. And I, you know, if you were really going for the likability factor, I mean, Troy Vincent is right there. I feel like you might have considered George Wilson for that spot too. Um, but I'm going to go with Aaron Williams. Aaron Williams came in as a corner, wasn't particularly great as, as a second round pick in coverage. And then they moved him and played him at both safety positions. And man, he really came around until he ended up with a neck injury as a result of a cheap shot against the Miami Dolphins, which ultimately ended his career, but Aaron Williams is going to be my pick there.
1: Great selection. I I thought about Aaron Williams really long and hard. I thought about George Wilson. You talk about overachievers who go from undrafted wide receiver in a practice squad addition to being an outstanding playmaker for the Bills. We've got our corners and our safeties. Now, Jamie, the place kicker. Who are you taking as your place kicker of the drought? Uh um I know, I know. This is not a great category. I,
2: I I think we're just gonna have to go with Ryan Lindell.
1: Yep, that's that's the most likely candidate I would feel like of the drought. Um I you know, for me with Lindell off the board, I'm gonna have to take Dan Carpenter. Um I, I feel Carpenter gets a bad rep. He did miss a couple of chippies, but you know, he he really was clutch when the Bills needed a big kick. Uh, And a strong kick, a deep kick, a kick from beyond 50, Dan Carpenter's your man. So I'm going Dan Carpenter as my kicker. Uh, You know,
2: solid selection there. But now you get to select a punter. And let me tell you, there is literally only one choice here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was the easiest selection on my board. Corey Bohorka. I mean, Brian (laughs) Norman. Welcome to my squad here. I, you know, my buddy, Ben, who uh, is one of my best friends and has season tickets with me forever, has a Brian Mormon jersey. We always used to do the chance of MVP, MVP, whenever Brian Mormon was under to take a kick and and, and pin the opponent deep in their territory. I love me some Brian Mormon. Plus, you know, besides the fact that he was outstanding uh, in the punting game, earning all pro honors twice. Uh, Pro Bowl honors twice. He never had fewer than 40 yards per punt. He only had two of his nearly 1,000 punts ever blocked. Oh, by the way, he was also a great gadget weapon on those fake punts. He had 55 rushing yards for five first downs. Uh, when he was deployed that way, and he has two touchdowns on three career passes. So if anything happens to my boy Fitzy Brian Mormon, the emergency quarterback,
2: man, that guy had a set of wheels too, right? He uh, competed in the NFL Fastest Man competition.
1: Oh, former track star, he did. He was vi- he's one of those guys who you're like, whoa, he's sneaky fast for a white guy.
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> also, you know the guy when he got to Buffalo, he immediately set up a charitable foundation. So he was really uh, had really set his roots deep in the Buffalo area. So for my selection, um, I'm going to go with Colton Schmidt, as good as any other, I guess.
1: Yeah, there really isn't much else to, to kind of consider here with uh, with the punting options. So that kind of rounds off our our guys. Do we want to go the returners too? Hey, why not? I'll give you the first. You can pick kickoff or punt return. Who do you want to go first?
2: Uh, I think I would like to go with the, uh, I'm going to go with the kick returner and I'm going to make it easy on myself. I'm going to take a guy who's already on my roster. Yep. I'm going to go with Terrence McGee.
1: Can't argue with you there. Um, Terrence McGee, outstanding kick return career for Buffalo. Five kickoff returns for touchdowns. Uh, great selection for me. I'm taking Leotis McKelvin. Uh, I Leo, I had such high hopes every single time he went back to field the kickoff. He had a 98 yard touchdown against the Cleveland Browns. His rookie year averaged almost 30 yards per return. His rookie season, he had that horrible fumble in the fourth quarter against the Patriots in 2009, Monday night football. He fumbled a bunch, but for the sheer potential of what he brought to the kickoff returns, I'm taking Leo McKelvin.
2: Excellent selection right there. So who are you going to take for your punt returner?
1: This one is tough because there's a couple of guys I could have gone with, including Leotis McKelvin, who I could do a double dip uh, for my – but I I don't want to tax him too much by having him do both kickoff returns and punt returns. So for me, I'm going to go with a guy who uh, is really somebody who – I don't know if you think about as much when it comes to Buffalo Bills and being great punt returners, but he also happens to be on my team currently. I'm going with Nate Clements as my – punt returner, mostly starting from his uh, rookie season when um, he did have a 66 yard punt return for a touchdown. Uh, He had a couple of other touchdowns during his punt return careers. He averaged nearly 10 yards per punt return. So for me, I'll have Nate Clements be my punt returner. How about you? I think
2: that's an excellent selection. And for my punt returner, I'm selecting a guy
1: who's on your team. I'm taking Leotis McKelvin. Whoa, look at that. We're going to have some, you know, we'll allow it. We didn't set out (laughs) the ground rules or anything out there. So we are more than happy to have our players split their time over their two squads for the kickoff and the punt return duties out there. So that was, uh, boy, Jamie, you know, we've been talking now for quite a while. It's almost 50 minutes on our podcast. I got to say, this was as, as deplorable as the drought was. I've had a lot of fun bringing up the best of what's been a really crappy era for the Bills with our positives on the Bills draft.
2: I, I, I've i been having some fun with it myself here. This was this was a quick hour, I've got
1: to say. So um, let's give a rundown. Who's on your roster? All right. My team, I will go offense. And then, Jamie, we can hear your offense as well. Quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. My running backs are Freddie Jackson and Willis McGahee. My wide receivers are Lee Evans and Stevie Johnson with Jay Remersma at the tight end. The offensive line is Jason Peters at left tackle, Andy Levitre at left guard. I got Eric Wood at center. Chris Valerio's is my right guard and Langston Walker is my right tackle. What is your offense?
2: All right, I've got Drew Bledsoe, Travis Henry, Marshawn Lynch, when I probably should have taken Shady McCoy there, but I didn't. Um, see, my wide receivers are Eric Moulds and Terrell Owens. My tight end, Scott Chandler, left tackle. Jonas Jennings, left guard, Reuben Brown. And this is where it starts getting ugly for me. My center is Trey Teague,
1: right guard, Craig Urbic, and Chantrell Henderson at right tackle. On the defensive side of things for Boccasino's Bills All-Stars, we have Kyle Williams and Sam Adams on the defensive tackles. Our defensive ends are Aaron Schoble and the controversial pick of Chris Kelsey. Our linebackers are Takeo Spikes, Paul Puzlusny, and Nick Barnett. Cornerbacks, Antoine Winfield and Nate Clements. Our safeties are Lawyer Malloy and Troy Vincent. Dan Carpenter is the kicker. Brian Mormon is the punter. And the kickoff return guy, Leotis McKelvin. And Nate Clements is our punt returner. What about you, Jamie?
2: All right. I'm going to start with the defensive ends where I have Jerry Hughes and Mario Williams. Defensive tackles, Pat Williams and Ted Washington. My linebackers are London Fletcher, Sam Cowart, and Nigel Bradham. My corners are Stefan Gilmore, Terrence McGee, and uh, the safeties are... Uh, Jarvis Bird, Aaron Williams. I've got my kickers, Ryan Lindell and Colton Schmidt as my punter. Then Terrence McGee and Leotus McKelvin returning kicks and punts.
1: You know, when you put it that way, both of our teams don't sound all that bad, but then you have to factor in you're taking the best of 17 plus years of ineptitude to put together a squad. We should figure out a way to do a. Uh a Madden game where we can get all of these players on one side versus the other and Duke them out to see who would win this virtual showdown of the best of the Buffalo Bills playoff drought era.
2: That's a great
1: idea. Maybe we'll get a way to make that happen down the road. It's definitely been a lot of fun, Jamie, as we sit here and we've given you the highs of the Buffalo Bills playoff drought. We want to hear your feedback. Uh, Make sure to interact with our story on buffalorumblings.com. Share your thoughts on social media. Jamie's Twitter feed is the Jamie D'Amico and I am at John Boccasino. And uh, give us your thoughts on what you think of both of our teams and maybe what different directions you might have taken. If any players we've forgotten about Uh, who you feel would make the all-drought team on the positive side of things. Next week, we'll get you all down and depressed by doing the worst of draft uh, for this exact same position. We'll choose the worst players who played for the Buffalo Bills during the drought era. Jamie, study up. It's going to be a lot more depressing than this week's podcast.
2: Oh, man, is it? But one thing I do know, my... Drought
1: team is going to kick your drought team's ass. Oh, bring it. Bring it all day long, buddy. Great talk here. Great talk on <laughs> Bill EVE, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Had a lot of fun with our mythical draft. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, and we'll see you next week for another edition of Bill EVE, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.
2: Perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C L A U D E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.
0: More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals